You're listening to The Perth Property Show, Australia's only weekly property podcast by West Australian experts for West Australian listeners. Catch your latest episode every Monday at 7am. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to The Perth Property Show. My name's Trent Fleskins, your host, and this week we are going for the first time ever right down to Albany. I hope everyone listening has been there for a holiday, whether you are from the East Coast or the West Coast. It's one of my favorite places in Western Australia. I went there a couple of years ago for Christmas, New Year's, one of the most beautiful places in WA. Lots of history, lots of beautiful beaches, a lot of development going on, a lot of Airbnb, and a lot of growth in the last couple of years, finally. Our man to talk, that is one of the top agents in Albany. It's Kyle Sproxton from Merrifield Real Estate. Kyle, thanks for coming in. Thanks, Trent. Thanks for having me. Kyle, we always start our stuff of spotlights like this one is off with a bit of history. It could have been our capital, right? You're 100% correct, mate. It's one of the first, if not the first settlements in WA, uh, roughly... 1826, uh, 1827, it was established. And at one point, it was going to be the capital of, of WA. They liked it for the deep water port. I think they settled on Perth due to the Swan River. I think they were in Perth because the French were sniffing around. And Correct. they thought, oh, we really got to make sure we lock this down. Let's go settle in the Swan River colony. No one's going to bother with Albany. We've got Albany tied up. Let's go to Perth, and they all sort of guess, oh, we'll, we'll stay here now, right? But it, for, a, for a time there, it was going to be the capital of WA. Yeah, that's right. They were really considering it. In, in fact, I think the reason they colonised Albany was because the French were sniffing around there as well. Mm. So there's actually a bit of history there with French roots there. And so pretty old. We're coming up to, what's that, 200 years now in a few years' time. So, mm. yeah. Obviously, it started in the early 1800s as a colony and then culminated in the early 1900s with World War One. The whole of the country pretty much culminating in the bay there. All the warships, the frigates, the photos you see at the War Museum of the main strip being full with marching soldiers and ladies throwing their napkins out on the, on the ground. What a scene that would have been. That was, you know, it was 100 years ago now, but it really had the spotlight then, didn't it? Yeah, correct. And uh, I think one thing that Albany did really, really well, no doubt with the support of the state government, was the 100-year uh, centenary of the ships leaving in 1914. So in 2014, I think we had 40,000 people come to Albany or something absolutely ridiculous. Mm. And anybody that had a bit of land available, the city relaxed policies on letting people have uh, caravans in their backyard. And just, you know, if anybody had a bit of space, it was used for people to come to Albany. And now we've got the National Anzac Centre there up on the up on the hill there overlooking the harbour and the ocean. And it's a great place. Um, view, the view there is unbelievable. And in fact, all over Albany, we're very spoilt for views. It's it is. You know, I look place. at the geography of the place. It's quite a steep uh, part of town mm. when you look down and getting down into the bay. A lot of history there with whaling, for example, mm. a long time mm. ago. Obviously, that stopped stopped a while ago. Mm. And then being a centre for a lot of agriculture. It's just a beautiful place. And uh, some of my friends tell me that I should work for Tourism Albany because I absolutely love the place so much. But as you touched on whaling, Discovery Bay, it's now called. Uh, they've done a lot of work there, spent a lot of money. We Albany locals, I think, call, just call it Whale World. But I think it is named Discovery Bay now. The history, the geography... It's just a beautiful place. I say to people, if you come for a holiday for a week, you can't do everything in a week mm. that it has to offer. So It's very unique in its ecology as well. You know, you can go down south, Dunsborough, Margaret River. It all sort of, you know, there's a lot of carry trees, a lot of marry trees. It's, it, we've all done that, right? You go up north, a lot of red dust, a lot of iron ore. But Albany seems to just be 
not of this state nearly. It, it makes me feel like I'm in Tasmania or something like that. Yeah, correct. And a lot of people draw similarities to Melbourne weather. I still think it's probably a little bit better than that. But <laughs> no, you're right. We kind of have a bit of everything, right? So you've got beautiful beaches, which I think, you know, rival that of Esperance. Mm. Then you've got the forests of Denmark down the road. Obviously, Denmark's its own place, but it is just on our doorstep. We've got Prongraps on our doorstep. Oh, yeah, Bluff Knoll, right? Exactly. Bluff Knoll and the Stirling Ranges as well, which is just beyond the Prongraps. You've got places like Chain Beach, which is named after the whaling ships. And then just beyond that is, is Bremer Bay. Granted, again, these, these are their own places, but they're on our doorstep. They're, they're just a hop away, a day trip away. You're right. The ecology is just very different and it's, it is just so beautiful. Let's talk about property history in Albany. What were the original blocks? How are they set up? Are we talking about acre, hectares, quarter acres? What did Albany look like back in World War One with regards to if you look at these original blocks, these original houses, the original people? Who was there? How are they living? Yeah, look, I dare say there was a lot of workers, I would imagine. Things like railway. There was a railway line back then and... and when I'm going through homes now in the CBD and on the railway lines, people will say this was a railway cottage, you know, and it was built from this wood from, you know, whatever country, and it's hard to keep track of, to be honest. So I dare say there was a lot of workers. Forestry was huge back then. Farming, in the day. Yeah. forestry, fisheries, obviously. So, yeah, everything you would imagine from a coastal, regional port city. And when you look at the map, satellite imagery of, of Albany, even to this day, you can still see... There's so much land still available within a kilometre or two of the town centre. There's many suburbs of Albany. It's not just one suburb. Just like Carrath, for example, we've got four or five, six different suburbs in the town. We'd all speak about it being Carratha. Same with Albany, right? You've got Middleton, you've got Miramar, you've got Lockyer, all these places. They're also the greater Albany area. And you get, you know, a kilometre or so out and you're on big thousand square metre blocks and there are still acreage that people haven't split up from decades ago that transitions over time and there's obviously a bit of density going through and when we talk about lifestyle you get down to the water side and there's some great nightlife these these days even a brand new hotel yeah correct so one thing i will say about albany is the amount of development that's actually gone ahead there in the last 10 15 pushing 20 years certainly within the last 10 or 15 years a lot of that uh, development was public money however there has been a lot of private money going there as well so the Hilton down there, Paul Leonetti was instrumental in making that Big name, isn't he? He is massive. He passed massive away for, recently. Very, very recently, uh, and uh, Val Paul. And great Godfather man. Godfather of Albany, really. Absolutely, he? yeah. Great man. Uh, not too many people would speak a bad word about Paul. He, he was a really great man. Did a lot for Albany, and uh, he will be missed. So that's right next to the entertainment centre there as well. There's another site there that'll be developed. Obviously, you've got the site down at Middleton Beach, which was the old Esplanade Hotel. And I know a lot of people are very sad that that place, that that is gone. However, we can only look forward. We can't look back. There's some good new plans going on there. Correct. That's right. Uh, the state government redeveloped that parcel so that it could be developed by obviously private money and it goes on and on that the redevelopment or the refresh the refresh of uh of Stirling Terrace was a big one. Even York Street has had a lot of work, student accommodation, the Centennial Oval. You know, the list just goes on and on. We've redeveloped sporting. Well, it's needed it, hasn't it? Because one of the themes you get when you're in Albany when it talks about the history of Albany at the museums is that 
from World War One, Albany really was in decline for decades. Not uh, uh, population decline, amenity decline, but it seems like since the early 2000s, there's been a real reinvigoration. And further to that, which is what we're here to talk about today, since COVID, there's been a huge surge in people buying property in Albany, moving back for that tree change that we've all been looking for, uh, and you can understand why. And the market's finally started to recover. But on the flip side, still an extremely affordable market when you compare it to so many other places in the Southwest that I would consider and I would posit are far less beautiful lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. So the medium house price is roughly 435 at the moment. Latest Rewood data, I could be a little bit out there, but it's about that. And that's only up from sort of 370, 380s. Now that hovered around that for a long period of time. Post-COVID obviously has gone up, but 435 for a family is pretty affordable, I would have thought. So you're right, you can actually get that sea and tree and hill and mountain whatever you want change for an affordable price how's um, work in albany if you were to move to albany for work would you get it yes is a simple answer i suppose but where the housing is more affordable perhaps the hourly rate is going to be a little bit less as well so it's all relative isn't it the thing with albany is we're very uh, insular economy where you've got the port you've got the fishing you've got the agriculture tourism there's so much going on and but it is very within albany so we're not really impacted by what happens elsewhere Really, the farmers might get less for their grain. The fishery people might get less for the fish. The, the timber industry is another one that doesn't get talked about enough. So, you know, if, if Japan doesn't want as much paper, uh, you know, I can't produce enough paper, then we might want less trees or, uh, you know, it just goes on from there. But so the, the short answer is yes, there is work in certain fields. Yeah, well, I would have thought tourism and, and hospitality, especially just like anywhere else in WA. I really want to sell Albany to West Australians today. It's a place that I think is way underrated. I can't believe it took me 30 years to get there. Can you sell it a bit with regards to the amenity, schools, parks, local sporting teams? Is there a the local footy team that, that everyone follows? Um, where are we focusing on here? And if you had $500,000 in the bank today cash, where would you be buying today? Uh, 500,000, I'd, I'd definitely look at McHale, Bayonet Head, uh, Spencer Park. You know, they're, they're family suburbs. They're not far away. They've got all the paths and paths and parks and just everything you really want. They're close to schools. The amazing thing about Albany is that everything is really five minutes away. You know, that you're not far from anything at all. There's the choice of high schools. There's two large high schools, Albany Senior High School and North Albany Senior High School. Which very are, uh, very imaginative names cor- there. Cor- correct. Ashes and Nashes, if you will, Trent. Okay. Uh, there's also Great Southern Grammar. So for the people that want uh, that private school environment, you've got that. So there's the best of both worlds. In the lower primary, you've still got Great Southern Grammar. I'm assuming every suburb has its own primary school. Pretty much, yeah. 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 Who's the local footy team? There's the mighty railways, mate, the railways Tigers. Uh, just won the premiership this year. My brother's uh, won his fourth premiership for the railway Tigers. Right. And Shout out to your brother. Yeah, very proud yeah. of him. But then across the road, you've got the Royals, uh, Royals Lions. You've got the Albany Sharks. Down the a ro- big, it's, a, it's a footy town. There is there is a big footy footy component for sure. There's the Mount Barker Bulls, the Denmark Magpies, and the uh, North Albany Kangas as well. So talk about property you've given us that median house price i want to start talking about who those buyers are at that median house price so when you pick your phone up and you've got 10 missed calls after being away for a day who are the buyers who are those 10 
missed calls? Where are those buyers coming from? There's still a lot of local buyers around, no doubt. That's always been the case. First home buyers feature in Albany a fair bit, obviously. It's fam- an accessible price point Correct. for a first home buyer. They're getting the first home buyer's rate of duty as well underneath that 430. So a lot of the product should be quite accessible to them. Yeah, correct. Less now post-COVID, obviously, as, you, as you've touched on, 430 being that threshold. Still, you're not paying a lot of stamp up to sort of 500, I think it is. It's still pretty good for first home buyers there. So young families is another one or the second home buyers is another one. Investors, How, do you have many investors in Albany? Or not not in the last couple buyers? of years. So Albany's been fantastic for investors for a very, very, very long period of time because we are very insular. You know you're not going to get the high, high highs and you're not going to get the low, low lows, which I think is the really important part. So How many of those investors are switching to Airbnb? I think that's been a critical factor in Albany the last couple of years. You have a massive undersupply of rentals. There's nothing available. Mm. Has it been a positive? Has it been a negative? Talking to people around the place, accommodation is booked out, right? So if all of the hotels, motels, cavern parks are all booked out and the Airbnbs are booked out, then surely that's a good thing all over, right? Holistically, it's a good thing. As an investor, you look at it and go, well, this is a feasible investment strategy for me. Whilst Airbnb might be an alternative to some investors to the usual rental. I would suggest that in a place like Albany or Dunsborough, these sort of places, you could be a bona fide property investor with your first strategy being Airbnb and know it's probably going to be full most of the year and therefore at a substantially high yield to your normal rental market. Yeah, correct. And there's even businesses now that will manage your Airbnbs Mm. in Albany. So they'll maybe manage sort of 25, 30, whatever it might be. Do the cleaning. Correct. They'll manage the website. You basically buy the thing and forget about it and just just reap the rewards. So you said booked out all year. I mean, in some cases, even if it was only booked out for half a year, you're still better than a normal long-term rental, right? So, But even the yields on a long-term rental in Albany have been good for a very, very, very long period of time. So even when the market was steady, not much happening, between you know whatever it was 2012 through to 2019-20 the yields were still very very good who are your sellers everybody really so your your first home buyers going into their second home you've got your uh, people that are absentee owners so the people that are living elsewhere they've maybe bought a holiday home or they've moved to albany for a few years and now they're moving back to perth or wherever they may have rented those properties out that's also another thing is that there's a lot of people that have become reluctant landlords. So the reluctant landlords couldn't sell their properties in the last however many years, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. And now post-COVID, we're we're selling them because they can get their money back, maybe even make a little bit of money, right? So whilst they've had a good yield and they've been reluctant to be a landlord for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, now they're at the point where they can sell those properties but I feel like we've already gotten through that now. So that was very much a 2021 thing. 2022, I think we've found a bit of an equilibrium now, but the stock levels are still very low. Yeah, well, let's talk about how much is selling in Albany right now. I mean, if you can give us an, an idea of what 2018 looked like, mm. what 2021 looked like, and what mm. it looks like this year in terms of transaction numbers. Transactions are still ticking along very nicely because the demand is still there. and the, And although the stock is very low at any one given time, they are still trickling onto the market, but as fast as they're trickling on, they're trickling off again. So the, the transactions are very good. 2021 was the spike. 
I think there was two, 300 more transactions than yep. usual. I feel like 2022, we're now back to kind of what it was, maybe a little bit up. If we had more stock, I dare say we'd be doing more numbers. Yeah, so we see that a lot in Perth at the moment is that there is a limited supply and that's nearly what's holding the market back is that there's definitely buyers. If there was more options for them to buy, there would be transactions. Correct, correct. And land is a big part of that as well. Whereas at the moment, there really isn't any land available. So that then that then feeds into the housing market. So established is really where the only, you know, people can only go established and then that feeds into the rental and, and on and on it goes. Great segue there. Did Albany see a large spike in construction through the building grant space it was enormous to the point where even now there's a huge hangover from that and i heard on one of your previous podcasts you were saying how the federal government grant would have been enough and really if if the labor and liberal government were talking perhaps we could have just gone with the federal money not the federal and state money because i feel that uh they've really negatively impacted the market in a lot of ways I mean, it's, fan- it's too expensive to build. It's more expensive to build than it is to buy established. So Correct. everyone's just moving to establish and therefore supply is constrained. Correct. And and so the price is overinflated on established. So it's overinflated on a build. It's overinflated on a established and therefore it's overinflated on the land because there's still people that want to build, right? So they're going to go and buy the land even though they can't get a house built, built for say two or three, whatever it is, years. Yeah, and that's, that structure has impacts on the rental market where obviously massive shortages, and I don't think I can explain it enough. Albany is one of those suburbs in Western Australia that is the most critical in undersupply and rentals. We think about places like Broome, think of Caratha, Bustleton. Bustleton, right? Albany is as critical, if not more critical. Anything we're experiencing in Perth, it's worse than Albany. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so so at the moment, I checked the other day, I think there was 10 rentals on the market on realestate.com. Yeah. Pre-COVID, you'd look and there'd be, say, 70, 90, up to 110, 20 at its sort of peak, yeah, right? Yeah, 10. You know, and there's 10. Are you getting any East Coast investors looking at those options given the undersupply and going a great place to rent yeah, so, yields are fantastic yeah so i think they were pretty onto it in 2021 and i feel where that's where we really they may have got in where they've realized that you know it's on its way up mm. so that they got in before the the peak i would have thought not so much now uh, there's really i feel like at the albany's is the place where perth people will come to albany east coast people will go to perth and then Perth people will go to Albany or the regions. Yeah. So Buston, Geraldton, whatever it might well, be. Well, there's an so- opportunity there, I think, for a lot of people who are looking for that high yielding return where there's really not much downside risk on the rental vacancy mm. side. It's Albany. Mm. Broome, I find to be way too seasonal, mm. way too much about the tourism. Caratha, again, a lot of extremely high maintenance costs and, and insurance costs, those sort of things. Albany is just another town like any other town Correct. close to Perth. They don't have those extra costs, those extra risks. Because it's so protected on the downside from a rental position, as an investment where you're looking for that yield, people looking at 5% in Perth, geez, go to Albany and you'll, you'll see some serious opportunities there because I think that's where it's going to keep going. The price for rentals will keep going up in Albany. It's a solid opportunity for people. You're right. Even if the market does sort of come back a little bit, you, you know you're going to get those those returns. 
they've never really dropped away significantly. Beautiful place to pop in and Amazing. check out your investment as well. Amazing. Well, Let's talk about the price out. points. So if we were going to buy in Albany, what sure. can we get for our money? What's the cheapest thing you can buy in Greater Albany? Oh, gee whiz, there's some there's some cheap buys out there. They, they obviously need a bit of work, but you know, two two hundred and fifty will get you something. Will get you into a into a dwelling. Might need some work, as I say. That could be even be on a nine hundred square meter block within five minutes of the CBD. How's that, hey? So <laughs> pretty pretty unbelievable. So if you're a handy person and you've got a few tools and you know what you're doing, you could absolutely get in at the very lower end. Would this be a timber frame house? Correct. Is there a high proportion? of timber frame houses in Albany than, for example, in Perth? Yeah, so I think Midland Brick did a really good job back in the day to convince people that double brick was the way to build a house, mm. uh, particularly in Perth. With the with the additional transport costs of that four and a half hours, five hours from down the highway, brick veneer is certainly the way that houses are mainly built in Albany or timber frame and clad. So now the James Hardy products are that good that we're seeing quite a few and no uh, one's got an issue with it not really no no, no. no it, goes, it looks fantastic not, there's not brick mm, timber mm. well i mean i mean you, you go to swanky suburbs uh anywhere mm. albany melbourne perth you, they're the old victorian cladded homes aren't they and nobody no, everybody loves those so yeah. it kind of just looks like that it gives it a bit of character and, yeah, um, and the way the energy ratings are now well so. that's right you're not you're not going to yep. get a seven star energy rating on a double brick home it's going to be hard. Yeah. So uh, it, 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 I've said this before. It's funny how the second you step out of Metro Perth, everyone's cool with a timber home. Yeah, they're great. And, and the Perth insul- people are cool yeah. with a timber home, you know? Yeah. The second I, you step out of Metro Perth. Yeah, I'm, I must admit, Perth people have this obsession with double brick. Yeah. So I don't know what that is, but there is a lot of people that have that, have that obsession. All right, $250,000 will get you a massive 900 square meter block and a house you can do up. What's the normal house? If you, if yep. you What's the top of the bell curve for you in, in Albany? Yep. So look, families wanting to get into a family home in sort of Yakamaya, McHale, you might get yourself a sort of 600 to 800 square meter block. It'll be a four by two. It'll be modern. There might be a shed of some description in the backyard. You're probably getting into that for anywhere between 500 and 650. Okay. Where does it start stepping up? What's your, your higher end in Albany? Yeah, sure. So Emu Point's probably where you see a lot of really high transactions. Um, they get into the millions? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if they're on the water, we're talking two, in excess of two million. Middleton Beach is the other high end and also the actual CBD of Albany where you've got harbour views and you just walk into town and go to the new Premier Hotel or whatever. Um, Frederick Street, these sort of places. Yeah, Stirling Terrace, that type of thing, Vancouver Street. You've also got Good Beach. Now, Good Beach is a fair trek out. So for Albany people, 25 minutes, long way. But if you're happy to make that trek out to Good Beach every day, there's some unbelievable properties up there which sell you know for a million plus Just around the bay Ab- absolutely yeah. yeah yep development opportunities there's a lot of blocks full blocks in albany still when i look at the google satellite it's just an, a mecca for me as a subdivider the amount of nine hundred thousand square meter blocks with a small house at the front you look at it and uh, all these no- novice property investors will look at that and go oh the opportunities there mm, do you mm, see a lot of it mm. in albany is the zoning I, available for it they've rezoned all of spencer park area because it is so close to the cbd and there is a hospital and schooling and shopping there as well so they're trying to create 
a bit more infill, which all councils across WA are anywhere are trying to do. So there is a there is a lot of opportunity there. What I would say is that that you really need to do your homework. The costs of subdivision, I think a lot of most people would underestimate that. So your mum and dad investors that are trying to subdivide a 900 square metre block in Spencer Park to 2450 roughly square metre battle axe, survey strata, whatever they're doing. Um, Hard to get a return. Yeah, it can be because the front house needs to look appealing enough. Otherwise, it diminishes the value of the back house. Correct, yeah. correct. And and not to mention... Uh, the so land, you, land costs are probably yeah, not that high anyway. That's right, that's right, exactly. So you can still go to your McHale and your Bayonet Head and get your 550 square metre block to whatever, 600, 700 square metres, build a house there, you're not far away, are mm-hmm. you? So whilst they'd love that infill, people can still go 11 minutes out of town... And get a block similar size. Or bigger. Yeah. You know, and build a brand new home. So it, it is slowly happening, but there isn't a lot of margin in it if you are wanting to do a flip. That probably is demonstrated in the fact that we don't, from my experience, I don't see a lot of infill happening in Albany, probably because it's just not that necessary yet. There's still enough land there's still enough opportunities for people to be living within a very accessible location. Wherever you are in Albany, you're always pretty close to the local Coles or Bunnings and, and those sort of places. Correct. Yep. Bonus question, Denmark. You do a bit of work in there. Mm. How's the market there compared to Albany, for example, if you, if you were explaining Denmark to an Albany person? Yeah, I think people underestimate the value of Denmark. I think when people get there, they're a little bit overawed about the pricing over there. And again, it's a very tight market, Mm. very, very tight market. So being that it's tight, supply and demand, things are fairly pricey. Even getting a rental there um, is pretty hard to do. Rental is impossible nearly. It's it's given the fact that there's there's nothing available in Denmark. That's what's pushing the prices right now. It's come off a very small base though. Is there Mm. a concern that the second the demand falls away, will prices fall away pretty quickly with it look it, it I certainly just, has grown a lot yeah i just don't think albany and denmark can really fall away that much I, I look at what's available i look at where the demand's coming from i look at what we've got in our future i just don't see it falling away like it did in 09 10 11 so you know i think yes yes there will come a point where we come back but i just don't see it coming back that much and and when is it going to come back so a lot of people are saying you know the market's come off the boil and and it's and it's really coming back now but i just what i see is perhaps the desperation is gone mm. but it's still well brendan, brendan ptolemy explains the southwest and especially dunsborough and bustleton is it's been white hot for a few years Correct. now and if you had a an induction cooktop, it's come off 10 and gone back to 9 or 8. Yeah, spot it's on. It's certainly not sitting at 5 out of 10. Absolutely not. And Albany, I assume, has got a similar vibe. And you know what? Perth's run the same track. Carafa has as well mm. right now. We've had a couple of years of insanity. Mm. And I can I tell you what, though. If I had to choose between this market in Perth, and I assume you say the same about Albany, and the one we had four years ago, you'd be choosing this every day of the week. Absolutely. Last question. Favorite street in Albany? Something like a Hare Street or a Wiley Crescent for me. So I love the view. A few sort of people say that it's sort of Snob Hill up there. and okay. So it's Mount Clarence, Middleton Beach, and it, and it runs sort of along the hill. 
uh, horizontally. For me. What are we looking at here off so, this view? So when you're up there on the hill, you're looking over the golf links, Middleton Beach Golf Course. You're looking over Lake Seppings. You're looking over Emu Point. You're looking over Middleton Beach, Middleton Bay, King George Sound, mm. back over to Miramar. You've got the lights at night. You've got the ocean in the day. And it is just, it's east facing, but you know, you get the all the morning sun. It, it's just stunning for, for mine. Lots of people will argue with me that Good Beach is a better view, but you know, for me, Good Beach, you're just looking at ocean, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but that the Middleton Beach view is is, is amazing. But you know what? There's so many great streets in Albany. Vancouver streets are just dipped in history, and and you you you're in the view. You can walk around the CBD. There's so many, so many. Kyle Sproxton, Marriott Field Real Estate. Mate, it's been such a pleasure to have you in. Thank you for coming up to share Albany, your hometown, with us. I'm a big fan of this location. If you haven't been for a holiday, guys, go down. If you've got nothing planned for Christmas, Albany is your place to be. I've had a great time. Thank you very much, Kyle. I'll speak to you again soon. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Perth Property Show. If you've only just joined the conversation, you can catch up by heading over to our website, perthpropertyshow.com.au, subscribing to the podcast or joining our Facebook page. Don't forget to tune in next Monday at 7am for more expert insights, local analysis and suburb spotlights. Happy hunting!